Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is ValueSide for Wednesday, August 23rd. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. Well, today, the BRICS take aim at America's glass house. Well, it all began when Sergei Lavrov, the very capable foreign minister of the Russian Federation, while attending the UN General Assembly in 2006, suggested that a regional conference between five significant countries would strengthen a growing sense of global multipolarity. Lavrov saw the dominance of the United States and European Union in dominating global geopolitics. He aimed to encourage those countries in the global south to have their own international organization. Thus, an ad hoc invitation by the Russian foreign minister began what is rapidly becoming one of the most influential confabs of nations worldwide. Now, the 15th BRICS summit, which included just Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, now has nearly 50 countries in attendance, including the man who started it all, Sergei Lavrov, who will represent the Russian Federation. When it all began, most in the global north, which includes principally the United States and European Union, ignored BRICS, considering it little more than Lavrov's coffee clutch. To continue to ignore the BRICS nation is a major misstep. Yet I fear that many in the current EU and U.S. administrations are doing just that, underestimating BRICS. So just what is BRICS, and who do they represent? By population, India and China represent over a third of the world's population, or about ten times the people of the United States and Europe. Russia has the largest geographic area in the world, rich with natural resources and agricultural production. In the latest report, China and India have the fastest-growing major economies in the world, with both countries exceeding 6% GDP growth last quarter. Both the EU and the USA had a GDP growth rate of less than half of that. Now, in the latest economic projections, Goldman Sachs estimates that China's economy will surpass the United States by 2030, and that by 2050, China will have a GDP of nearly double the United States. All of this should give us in the United States a different perspective on this week's meeting in Johannesburg. Compared to the global north, BRICS is vastly more populated, has more significant natural resources, especially petroleum now that BRICS includes Iran and Saudi Arabia, and faster-growing economies. The BRICS is a considerable challenge to the American global financial and economic dominance. And make no mistake, that's precisely how those attending this conference see it. The number of countries interested in joining BRICS is exploding. At last count, it is estimated that nearly 40 countries are anxious to join. And it's no accident that the desire to join corresponds with the Ukraine war. And it may surprise you to realize that most of the global south identifies with Russia, not Ukraine. For instance, despite the best efforts of the U.S. State Department, the entire continent of Africa has elected to remain neutral over the war, to not actively support Ukraine. It was reported that Ukraine has sent representatives to this summit, and it will be interesting to see if they will achieve any support from the BRICS members. Don't forget that the R is a founding member of BRICS. However, 
One has the sense that the Global South's lack of support for Ukraine stems mainly from a deep-seated reaction to the Biden administration's recent actions. There is a deep resentment towards what is perceived as this president's heavy-handed actions. There's a feeling that the United States will not adhere to international laws and treaties when they get in their way. Removing Russia from the SWIFT settlement system was seen as going beyond the international treaty. SWIFT was thought to be merely a global banking function, a service open to all its members. That the United States could summarily cut one country off from that service threatened all the rest of the countries that use SWIFT for their trade settlements. Later, this view of the U.S. as a country that would disregard international convention was reinforced when it sees $300 billion in Russian central bank deposits held by U.S. financial institutions. For the members of BRICS, this appeared as outright theft. Now, the Ukrainian conflict has reinforced a picture of the United States as a country that plays outside the rules. Almost every time the U.S. has promised to limit the scope of the war by refraining to supply Ukraine with more deadly weapons, it has reneged on its original pledge. The U.S. vowed to refrain from providing missiles and drones that could reach inside Russia. The U.S. would not supply cluster munitions or F-16 fighter jets. All of those offers to limit the conflict have been overturned. And that did not play well in the Global South. Now, in considerable measure, what we're seeing in Johannesburg this week is a reaction to the recent policies and actions of the United States. Bluntly put, the reputation and perceived intentions of the U.S. have been greatly diminished over the last two years. You can see in the BRICS agenda that many of the countries assembled no longer trust the U.S. to manage the global financial system. There are calls for replacement of the dollar's reserve status. It would be replaced with perhaps the Chinese yuan, the new BRICS currency, or even Bitcoin. Additionally, it is apparent from recent statements by both Chairman Xi and President Putin that they do not trust the United States militarily. Both have expressed concern over America's penchant to enter a conflict via either Ukraine or Taiwan. Now, unfortunately, there are few in America who recognize just how unhappy half of the world is from the recent actions of our country. Notice how few American news bureaus are even reporting on this significant BRICS summit. Yet, this is one of the most consequential political events in years. Yes, these countries disagree with us. In many cases, they view the world today exactly the opposite of how we do. And it's precisely for that reason that we need to listen to them. We ignore them at our peril. And that's Value Side for Wednesday, August 23rd. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. Value Side is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own.